Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the founder of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing artists and creatives working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Um, nice to you. Yeah, really appreciate this, and uh, and it's nice to meet you. I've been watching uh, your stuff online, and uh, oh, yeah, just really? yeah, some great detail. And I know we were talking earlier because you run a couple of different um, spheres. You do jewelry, but I also remember the figure sculpting and all yeah. of that. So yeah, why don't we start off. this? Yeah, why don't we start this conversation? Um, how do I say your last name, by the way? Uh, Riesco. Riesco? Okay. Riesco. All right. Like company, um, Riesco. Riesco. All right. Tell me <laughs> what you do. Talk to me about uh, what you do. Okay, mainly um, uh, today it's hard to find names who that describes what you are doing because there are many different things to do. Yeah. So what I normally do is, I normally say is digital sculptor, where I am making of sculptures and all the stuff is related for 3D printing, mainly for jewelry, but uh, they can be... Uh, furniture or figures, collectibles or uh, reliefs for coins, uh, medals. So, so all the stuff that you can sculpt today can mm. be printed, can be uh, milled with a with a special machine. So, this is the that's the room where uh, the digital sculptors are making all the stuff necessary stuff for production or for unique pieces or for many different things. Yeah, so. Um, how do you define digital sculpting? Is it what happens inside ZBrush or there's more worlds yeah. to this? I think, yeah, that's it, that when you are saying digital sculpting is always linked to ZBrush. Yeah. So you know that there are other applications, but mainly the main tool, you know, it's ZBrush. So uh, for example, all the industries that previously made things by hand now are coming to the digital world through ZBrush or any other 3D uh, digital sculpting application, but mainly uh, through ZBrush. So right. for example, uh, if we talk about Julie, what uh, jewelers were making manually carving wax, mm. making small sculptures. So now they are able to do the same thing and even much more intricate things or more, much more complex thing with a tool like uh, ZBrush or any other digital sculpting tool. So then now we are changing from the manual world to the digital world. So doing the same thing using the same concepts, but in, uh, using a working on a three D environment and into a digital environment. And, so. mm. and this is this is how you make a living today, right? Is just yeah. freelance work. Do you have your own yeah. company, or are you just freelance? No, no, freelancing, freelancing. I think that I don't have time to start thinking about the company or my opinion. I'm I'm not a business guy, so I'm just. Uh, my mind thinks from the artist's point of view, so it's hard for me to start thinking about numbers and about all the stuff necessary to start growing a company. So for me, it's hard to to figure out. Yeah, it's 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 hard to for me to figure out, yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, yeah. and I'm responsible you know, for like a lot of people. I think you should be good at one thing. It's strange yeah. to do the both things 100. percent uh, well yeah. done. So maybe that's, that's been my, why. Yeah. It's been my experience. I mean, I've had to cut down my own sculpting. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Because, because, you know, there's the business side of things. Mm 
-hmm. So what got you into uh, into this area? Is it do you come from a traditional background? Why don't we start with talking about your background? Yeah, I I came from the from the drawing uh, background. So I had started since I was a kid. I'd like to to start painting, drawing. So I was I was I started working on making illustration and making drawing characters and uh, illustration for landscapes. I spent many time making using an eyebrush, making eyebrushing mm -hmm. for t-shirts or for illustration, uh, motorcycle helmets and things like that. When then I start watching uh, uh, 3D works apply to illustration. That's that. This is the, was the first time that I took my attention about the 3D, about the 3D tool, mm -hmm. since I discovered ZBrush. So then I I switched uh, the Photoshop to ZBrush. Then I started sculpting instead of instead of painting. So my background about sculpting was uh, as a kid as well, making scale figures. Sculpting mm. little 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 fantasy monster, I think things like this, making dioramas and painting uh, those little soldiers and things. Like that. That's my main background that I have about the sculpting. But my main skills come from drawing. Then I change the, the drawing uh, way of thinking to the necessary uh, way of thinking to be able to start sculpting a three-dimensional piece. But today I always think about a three-dimensional and in a, into a, in a three-dimensional environment. I'm not able, I think I have, I have lost a lot of my skills about drawing and painting, I think, I think so. Yeah. But I didn't does, make any drawing since many times. So. Does that mean you came from the graphic design background or? Yeah. No, the graphic design, mainly, mainly illustration, illustration. I was not doing, for example, I was making uh, some uh, cover for metal bands, for example, yeah. Yeah. or, or comes from comics, uh, covers and things like, things like that. Hmm. So then my first steps with ZBrush was using ZBrush as a 2.5D tool. So I was just mm -hmm. dropping 3D elements on the canvas to start rendering the shadows and casting the lights. So I hmm. export the, the, the image then get into Photoshop and start painting over the necessary uh, effects or things till I have a 2D illustration as a final product. So that those were my first steps with ZBrush. Using ZBrush as a combination of Photoshop and ZBrush to make uh, 2D illustration, 2D images. Man, okay. Uh, so does that give you OG status? How long have you been using ZBrush? I, was, uh, I started using ZBrush, I think, 15 years ago. That's OG status. So which yeah. which version did you start on? I think I, I started on 3.5, maybe a 3 or okay. 3.5 version. Yeah. The oh first version I, that I found. I was there developing until 3, uh, three, three yeah, point maybe. something. And yeah. uh, so man, we've been at this game for a while. Yeah, <laughs> for, for a long, yeah, for a while. For a while for until now that everything is completely different, I think. Yeah. Well, it's different. I think that the main thing is, is still there. So, but the people who comes from those ages, from three, two version, 2.5, three and 3.5, we are still using, uh, or at least from my point of view, ZBrush through the same way. So we are today, we are have a bunch of many, many new different tools, many, many different ways of working, but I feel that I am still using the same method that I was using when I started using ZBrush. Yeah. Or yeah. the, the main concept about how to sculpt something, because I don't have any 3D background. So I came from directly from 
manually sculpting to digital sculpt. So mm. my background about polygons, topology, and stuff like that is completely and nothing zero for me. Yeah. So I don't care about those kind of uh, technical concerns. What kind of product do you deliver to a client then? Do you deliver a ZBrush file? Do you have to process this in something else like Mesh Mixer or? SDL files, you know, we talk about 3D printing, uh, yeah. what the customer are requesting always are SDL files or OBJ files. It's a strain that the customer are requesting a CTL file. So okay. it's uh, not, not editable files, I mean. Right. So files ready for printing. So, so I gave them the files ready for manufacturing, for casting or whatever the specification. Uh, depending on the field that I'm doing, yeah. for example, if yeah. we talk about jewelry, because for example, uh, with uh, with the weight specification, with the size of the specification, of, of course, if uh, any stone, set, stone setting is required, so with the right sizes and things like that. So with always the final file, it's always an STL file. Hmm. Um, can you tell us like a, like, I'd like to unpack this a little bit because um, a lot of people come to me, they come to me, um, you know, at all ages, all different stages. And they're really wondering like, what is this? How do I make a living, you know, sculpting, right? Like, you know, and is that it? I mean, like somebody's going to pay me for this because there's this whole hobbyist aspect and people want to move from hobbyist to professional, but you know, it gets confusing what they're supposed to do. So, Maybe you could walk me through like what a project would be like if you have an example of a project that really um, might be something you can share. Um, do you mean the, the share now uh, a project to show you uh, some picture or assembled? Uh, something you or could just, explain. Just, talk, just talking. Yeah, just talk. Yeah, but like yeah, with some details. Talk. So. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think uh, uh, I think many people are asking on more or less the same thing on my streaming. So people mm. are thinking I'm able to make uh, 3D stuff or through the digital sculpting. So which is the next step should I take to start earning money or start uh, selling my, my skills or what I'm doing? I think today on the social media, we have a very huge platform where we can show our, our works on our skills. And today, I think we are lucky enough because the people who are watching our works and they are interested on, on, on our work are going to call us and ask, start asking if, um, uh, would you like to make a commission for me or something? I yeah. think the best, the key is to be in the right place. So to be specialized on something because many people today are all, from my point of view, is always making the same stuff. That's what I am feeling. It's always uh, making creature monster and things like that, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Many people are very, very, very good people making science, uh, science fiction uh, stuff and things like that. Yeah. But the, when you start, for example, start making Julie, it's going to be something different. But the people who are interested in Julie are, are going to contact you. And then in, from that point, you're going to start learning how to make jewelry, how to sculpt jewelry for, the, for, for a client or for a, for a, for a company or for a customer. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be the first step to take to start being in a specialized on something. Or for example, if you are making miniatures or collectibles, toys for uh, kids or something, but try to make something different from the world is doing or more or less is doing because many people are thinking about to start working on the video games industry or film industry yeah. i don't know because i don't have any background about it but uh, there are many people working on that or uh, very very good people working on that and many people waiting for working on that 
Yeah. So maybe the best way is to start thinking about what, what can be a different thing that I can give to the, to the companies, for example. Yeah. Or maybe it's not going to be the first the, the, the work that you think that is going to be the best for you. But at the end, it's going to be the, the, the kind of job that is going to give you money. Yeah, this is going to be the, the, your, uh, the starting of your professional uh, career. So right. that's uh, well, <laughs> what I think. It sounds like you're thinking like a business, like you found a niche. Yeah. This is what hmm. you do. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, it's it's uh because there are many industries. For example, right yeah. now, uh, for example, uh, the, the industry is about the furnitures. Uh, uh, many industries yeah. are using the CNC machines. You know the CNC milling machines. Mm -hmm. That that today the CNC milling machine now are able to read uh, STL files. So many all the stuff that you can sculpt and you can export as an STL file can be milled for mm -hmm. make a you know for imaginary for a landscape or for a I, I don't know but there are many many different applications where yeah, what, your just your skills as a digital sculptor are able to make something i don't know yeah one of my friends actually uh did this down in brazil cnc did commissions yeah. and he called me a few years ago and he says i'm retiring you know you got anything mm -hmm. i could do and i had to be like wait uh you're retiring like i want to retire first i'm supposed to be the one who retires first like why are you retiring first what the hell is going on here um and it was that cnc digital it yeah. was that he built this thing and he you know he just was able to get the clients in yeah yeah because many people are many companies now are not now maybe years ago are starting thinking the digital the digital tools it's a way to make things better Mm -hmm. faster so but the problem is that we need to find the right people to do what we want to manufacture we want to produce and that's where the digital sculpture comes and start grabbing jobs for many different industries mm. for example uh, have, i have some of the commission that i had in the past comes from a company who is making religious imaginary mm -hmm. statues for church uh, cathedrals and things like this that they are carved in stone or in wood and things like that. And they were making things by hand with uh, traditional sculptures and yeah. real size. The next step was to start scanning the data from the, and then send the, the scan data to the, to the machine to start milling. Yeah. The, the, so maybe we can do it. You are good. Maybe you can spend at least half of the time than a traditional sculptor making in clay and real life and real size mm -hmm. uh, and a sculptor of a virgin of, of a crest i don't know so even in a digital into the in a digital world you're going to be able to make changes updates uh, to start mixing things making real different scales and so the companies are thinking about the possibilities about that so and even if you can combine the power of the scanning you can scan something, you can get into, uh, to put it on a program like Zebras and start uh, fixing things or uh, transforming something or make things new or things like this. So it's, it becomes a very powerful uh, tool to uh, start creating things. So that, that, it, maybe that is the, the reason why we call uh, digital sculptures. So mm -hmm. 
when we when we are making the artistical things. So we are not worried about uh, making a good topology or something, or start making maps or texture or something to put it on a on a on an engine to start moving a character or something. We are just creating pieces of art. Doesn't matter if it's going to be on a chart or it's going to be on a museum or just on a on a desk or so, of a collectible uh, mm -hmm. person. So that uh, the company that was doing religious work, yeah. they, they they were. Um... You said they were actually sculpting these things and then scanning them, and they did were, that eventually? They, they were doing that in the past. In the past, okay. they're, they're still having a traditional sculptor who are sculpting things on the factory. Okay, but they're they spending scan... they spend months to create to to finish one uh, big relief or yeah. something or even I don't know. You can see we talk about the kind of furniture, the, the baroque elements or. So things like this, they are very mm -hmm. difficult to, to sculpt. Even if you have something, but it is not exactly what you are looking for. It's It must be bigger or smaller. It must be bended to be applied on a different sculptor. So yeah. uh, that's the, the way. So now they were starting to start learning to, to create digital sculptures. Mm -hmm. So what's the value add for the digital sculptor? Like how, what do you add to it um, that makes it better than traditional sculpting? I think at the end, we are just changing the tool. So we should mm -hmm. make the same thing. So we are, I, I am supervised, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm a real sculptor who is saying that what I'm doing is correct or not. So, mm -hmm. so even if they need to, even when we talk about digital sculpture, uh, digital sculpting, we are not talking about the digital sculpting is done and everything is perfect. So maybe we are doing 50% or even less of the total manufacturing process. Yeah, For example, yeah. when if the, if the, they are going to carve an, uh, a relief on a, on a piece of wood, very mm -hmm. big piece of wood of the stone, maybe but after that by hand, they have to finish and start to clean the small, the small details or start cleaning so forth because the machine is just roughing the, the main shapes. Yeah. They are not leaving the sculptor as we are watching the, the model on the screen. So, and after us comes a real uh, traditional sculptor who is finishing what we have done before. But the very uh, important thing is that they can, they have a three-dimensional uh, reference as a reference to work with. So they right. they know where they have to start cleaning something or how to improve something. Or for example, if the machine gives to you something unfinished, they can yeah. go to the 3D file and start checking what is wrong and start finishing by hand. So that's it. So there are many, many different ways to start apply. Okay, so then, um, you know, one of the, questions and actually I've been experiencing I've been worried about this myself too is you know is this a competitive market we'll start with that question competitive hard to get yeah. started how do you you know like if I wanted to get into this now now maybe from my opinion it, it I didn't feel the that it was uh, there were a lot of People making the same thing, so then I start being need to be competitive mm -hmm. against against them. Now, of course, there are more people, so yeah. but we have more ways to show our work. So, 
So maybe the people, the client are still there and we can, we can go through many different ways to many different more social media places. Today we have much more schools or forums or something. So I think at the end, like everything is just the key thing is to start doing something. So when you are making something good and comes to a client, so the client is going to start talking about you to another client and the things start rolling and you are making good things, of course. But it's not mm -hmm. just, uh, just uh, making good stuff from the technical point of view or from the artistical point of view because one of the bad things about the digital world is because we are not making the personal relationships with the clients and the and the and the artist so we should be very efficient in terms of time delivery times being polite with the clients so trying to add value to to your work to your skills as, a, as right. an artist so that could be the difference between one person who is very good making something making a spectacular uh, models but it is not possible to work with him because the delivery times are endless Every time that you try to reach him, it's not possible to talk with him or I don't know, many, many different experts. And you right. have, I think the best, the, the most important thing is to start being professional uh, in everything. So not just for your artistical uh, skills. Mm. And if yeah, that, that is good, then so you're going to start receiving commissions. I think that was my, my experience. Okay. So you're saying, you know, there might be more competition. There might be a little bit more, but there's more ways to put yourself out there. Yeah. And um, the people who are looking for work or, or who have work for you, they're actually out there searching right now in yeah. all of these places. Yeah. And so your job is, as I think most uh, people have told me before, your job is just get that one client, deliver for that client, be professional for that client. And then, yeah. um, you know, and then you just start adding. Yeah. And start adding more clients are going to come. Right, you are making good stuff, but because because even my the problem that I have is that most of the job that I that I make, I'm not able to make it public. Right. So all the stuff that I publish on the social media is my own work, or mm. maybe five percent of the job that I'm currently doing. So if even if you are going to be able to show what you are doing, you are going to have more exposure, so you're going to have more success on clients. But even with that, I'm receiving more jobs and, and jobs even even not being able to show all of my the one one the 100 that i stuff that i am that's called daily yeah so but uh, even even talking about that so you are going to be able to to start uh, grabbing jobs from from the from the social media well i want to talk and, about social media um you know, for a sec. And then I want to talk a little bit about your day. So you actually, you're, are you on the ZBrush streaming team now? Yeah. And is it the, it's ZBrush or do they put it to Maxon? I can't remember. I think they call it the 3D show. Today is a ZBrush Live. If it's still ZBrush Live. Okay. Got it. Great. It's, it's still, I don't know in the future, but it's still today. It's, just, it's still like that. Yeah. So talk to me about the social media because uh, you were posting in ZBrush Central. That gets you mm. some recognition, and but ZBrush Central has mm. become like you know basically every post of ZBrush Central is just awesome at this point. Yeah, that's hard. Um, and so we used to like when I was there, we built the top row, and the top row was like that's the way you know. But yeah. now it's like all the other rows 
are like the top row used to be. So it's like, it's all, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all top row. Yeah. Um, you know, so what do you, how do you get recognition? Do you, you know, Facebook groups, other forums, streaming, talk to me about that if you don't mind. I think from, from my field, I think mm -hmm. most of the job that I'm receiving or con many people are contacting me mainly, I think through Facebook. Okay. And uh, Instagram. Okay. Because if you are able, for example, that we were talking before, you are starting making something specific. Mm -hmm. If you are start uh, adding the right hashtag to an image, or you are start posting your job on in a specific group. Yeah. So the the right people are going to watch your your job. So could be the starting point for for a future commission. It's right. not just being posting for posting all the days, always like uh, as a massive uh, number of images. I think it's more important to, to try to find the right place for posting and mm -hmm. to use the, the right work for the hashtag or, or something. So people who are interested on your job, so I, I going to, are going to contact you. For example, if I, when I start making jewelry, so many, I, I, I started receiving many requestings or people from, for, to start asking if I, are you able to do this or are you able to do that? Or uh, what do you charge for sculpt this? Because the, not many people are posting uh, stuff related for organic jewelry design. So maybe that's the, the difference. Yeah, Witzelbach is like the only one I know and uh, yeah. outside of you and but, he's a but, very specific aesthetic. But there are many, there are many people, there are many people. Why already know, but jewelry industry is an, it's a strange business because most of the people don't like to stay in public. So I don't know why. Mm. So, but man, I'm looking up your your Instagram right now. I wanted to see yeah. some of the hashtags you use. There we go. Yeah, you are talking about jewelry. You have, you have to you have to be people who likes jewelry or who people who manufacture jewelry can find you using hashtag like jewelry, jewelry design, jewelry. I don't know many as as many hashtags that you can. So, so I'm looking at this uh, Pieta um, Madonna, not Pieta. This is a mm. uh, that you just put up on Instagram. First one. Yeah, the last one. Yeah. Ridiculous, man. How'd you do the folds? This is this is all sculpted. Yeah, this of is course. Very sculpted. traditional folds. Yeah, it was sculpted then through the three three streamings. My previous three Zebra's live streamings. Wow. It was just sculpting by hand because this is what I uh, try to explain on my streaming because as I come from the traditional uh, mm -hmm. world, more or less. Yeah. So my way of thinking when I'm using a digital tool is the same way that I am using a real clay on my hands. So just using a sandpaper, a knife or a carving tool. So I try to find which is the right brush, see brush, brush to, to make what I have in mind. Mm -hmm. So I don't care about just first to start preparing the topology to start pulling and pushing the vertices because I don't, have, my, 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 my brain don't work like that. So I start thinking about pulling, pushing the surface, not the, yeah. Not, not the mesh. Yeah, that's great. And so with this model, um, I have to watch the uh, the live stream now. I mean, this is amazing. You've got the actual aesthetic from the Renaissance, the way they did the nose, and then the yeah. way they did the lips. Like, you know, you just nailed that. Um, but in this okay. one, did you model this in 3D and then no. squash it down? So no, you... no, that, 
No, that's a common mistakes that many people are making when you start thinking about to start making a relief. That's the reason why I decide to make a streaming about it. Yeah. Because it's just uh, to start training your eyes to start to grab what is happening on the 3D model and what should happen on a bas relief. So try to translate the language from a 3D object into a 2.5D or bas relief, medium high bas relief. It's, it's not a bas relief because it is... If I remember well, it is six millimeter high from the maximum depth. Okay. So it, is, it is not a bas relief. Well, this morning I was making a relief that it was 0.3 millimeter thick for a for a metal for a coin. This is a very thin, very thin. You don't have enough space to start stocking many many levels or many details. So in mm -hmm. that case, you have less room for for sculpting and more details. But in that case, yeah. This, this is, this is actually like. This is this is sorry to interrupt. This is actually one of my funnest favorite. I still remember doing this at in art school. Uh, this mm -hmm. guy Anthony Visco, who he did um, he did reliefs for the churches yeah. in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was a whole philosophy. It was a beautiful way. And man, you've really nailed how you know it's really about those offsets and just getting yeah. certain layers to overlap other layers. Exactly. And, and then you create the illusion. Yeah, you know, the illusion. Yeah. That's uh, this is the one the thing that I like the most about reliefs is because it's a mixture about two D and three D. You have to mm -hmm. apply two D concepts when we talk about perspective uh, and things like this to so try to transform the three D model into a. Of course, with a digital tool, we have a lot of uh, methods that can be useful. For example, for example, for the head, I start sculpting a three D head. Then I put it on position and I start grabbing the depth information yeah. as an alpha, so I can extrude these. So once I have the different levels, I can then I start sculpting from that point. So I don't I don't start from a completely flat surface. So I start, yeah. but, but but that that kind of method is the method that I develop just uh, to be more professional in terms of time. So. Yeah. So if I want people are one client is requesting to me a, a relief, I can tell him I'm gonna spend one month making a relief, even <laughs> if I right. say I'm gonna make it perfect. <laughs> so I should yeah. start thinking about how can I make things faster, and yeah. and with Zebra you have you can find many different ways to make things faster. That's the big difference between the traditional and the digital. One of the one of the main differences between traditional and digital uh, tool. So you can yeah. use the time, time, time. It's, uh, it's very, very important. So tell me about Mickey. So you got Mickey up here. Is this just you playing around? Yeah, it, it, it was a commission, a part of uh, the sculpture. Okay. It was a commission that it, it, they, I think it was uh, manufactured on with a, for a big statue in bronze. Wow. Where, where is it? Uh, it the commission comes from, uh, from, uh, from a woman who were who was working for Disney a long time ago. Ah. And now he was still she was still receiving commissions, but she was lazy to start yeah. sculpting by hand enough. And she was looking for the Dallas sculptor able to uh, sculpt uh, what the, the his the, her client was uh, requesting to her. Yeah. But it's yeah. Uh, it was a Nikki's a very tricky character to sculpt. It looks Simple, but it's very, very tricky. That's so complex, complicated. What's, what's tricky about it? Yeah, tricky because because did you the, the first time that you could you see a character like this, you just see 
one ball, a lot of ball for the ears, ball for the head, yeah. and like tubes for the arms, but uh, the necessary interaction for each element, it's very difficult to write the, to find the right balance between mm. each, each part. So you can see the Mickey on your hand, but it is not still the right Mickey that the customer wants. And right. the, the changes and the, 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 the variation that you can do, you can do is are almost endless till the customer is watching what he wants because at the beginning it looks simple but during the the sculpting process becomes very 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 tricky or very complicated mm. is it making it in 3d right yeah he's yeah. a 2d yeah like he's born in 2d exactly because the mickey or the one from drawing has a lot of uh, things i don't know how to say it it's like uh, he is using um 2d drawing uh methods yeah that uh, they are not possible to translate into a 3d uh, a sculpture so you can you, you should find maybe from the front view it works but when you start rot rotating the, the, the figure doesn't work so because the arm looks completely broken or something right. so it's nice. very difficult to, to find a, a good balance so in this one the hashtags you're using are uh, the mac or maxon digital sculpting that I imagine is a pretty important hashtag. 3D render, key shot, um, and then after that, it's like Mickey 3D artwork. Um, is there any specific hashtags that you recommend? And uh, your death dealer tribute? Yeah, for the death dealer, for example, I'm waiting ah. that the people from the, I don't know the, the name of the company, but people from the Fraceta family contact me because they were thinking about manufacturer so i was blowing they blowing my mind so the really so the, the reason why i received that commission is because i put the hashtag of frazetta or i don't know i don't rank frazetta fans and then yeah. frazetta and then frazetta girls and then yeah. death dealer yeah yeah oh my oh actually you uh you called actual uh people and then also the tags exactly i see it here yeah oh man and this thing is uh, is a uh, I want to if for those who are um, listening to this the podcast uh, Escucha Digital fifteen I probably murdered yeah. that um, but we can also just Google your name and look for Instagram and you're on Art Station so Art Station is just my name is Nacho Nacho Riesco yeah all right and so that those links will be in the in the podcast um, yeah. so you'll be able to get to the Art Station but man that Death Dealer yeah. I remember Perfect. I was talking to you about that um, yeah. This thing still like it brings a tear to my eye almost. This is so amazingly, uh, like I don't want I want to say detailed, but detailed is not the right word because you didn't do the details. You yeah. did the essence of the details. Yeah, this is uh, one of the most compli complicated things that I think uh, to achieve is the feeling of you kind of still see what is happening on the surface, mm. but there isn't. There aren't any detail on the surface. Yeah. So. So you playing with the just with the shadows or with the surface? I don't know how uh -huh. to say it. But the, the the idea comes to me because it is based on a sketch or on a drawing a sketch, not from a complete the finished illustration. Very loose sketch with uh, loose uh, uh, brush strokes and things like that. That's the reason why I feel that it could be a, a good practice to start sculpting with loose strokes and just 
being paying attention of the main form and safety instead of being uh, worried about the storage scope in the details as the, mm. and things like that. And I started work using this from the from the one simple block of, of material. Oh, that's right. I remember you telling me that it was just one one cube sphere, whatever. Sphere less the horns, as I remember, less the horns and or yeah. and the axe. Yeah. The rest comes from the same from the same sphere using the sculptures pro. So how'd you learn to sculpt? You said you drew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, well, this is high level. Really? What, what's, what's the secret here? Come on, you know, I teach. I want to yeah. teach my students. Yeah, the, I think the, the, <laughs> the, the, you know, many people are asking to me, they are looking for to start learning CBRSs. It is necessary yeah. to know how to draw to start sculpting. Mm. That's a, a very common question that comes to you when people yeah. want to learn to sculpting. Maybe we can say no, but at the same time, we can say yes. So, but uh, you have the, your eye trained uh, drawing. So, so the, the way that, the, that you have to take from drawing to a sculpting is going to be less that you, you can, you should start from scratch from everything without any, any 3D uh, looking, I don't want to say it, but, uh, but at the same time I was drawing, so I was at the same time I was sculpting a little sculptor by hand or mm -hmm. and, and with, uh, with the child uh, plastithin and things like that. So I was, I think from, from the beginning, having the same skills uh, like drawing or, or sculpting. I think at the same time, the end is going to be almost more or less the same because right. it's a matter of having a good observation. I think that that's the key thing because yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, you know. And I, and I've I've battled with this myself as a teacher because, you know, learning that drawing which I did too, you know, you have such a long period. Like it just it takes a while to get into your brain and you know, there's there is an apprenticeship, you know, and I do want people to be able to come here, get a job after like you know six to nine months of education like that is still a focus of mine and I, and I see students do it but what i have noticed is um is that there is this benefit to having a parallel track where you do apprentice yourself to this to drawing to this deeper level of craft that actually lets your career live for longer periods mm. you know you get yeah. more into the art yeah, because yeah, because when we are talking about art, there are many aspects, many things to learn, mm -hmm. and Mary, most of the th the things that you should learn are are comes from you. You don't. It's not. They're not able to to learn, or you can learn it. Of course, you can learn mm -hmm. almost everything. But mm -hmm. but maybe the time that you can spend, uh, you are having something from inside of you. It's gonna be, of course. Uh, shorter that uh, you have to start learning how to do that yeah uh, maybe um, I think the key thing it's the, the observation level it's less that when you start observing something or even if you are trying to copy something or you, you have got it in your in your mind it's the way you should start thinking about the relationships between the forms Mm -hmm. For example, the distance between one point and another point, proportioned, 
silhouette and things like that. So have this, start having a good base for that. So then from that point, you kind of start developing your, 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 your style or start making more complex things. But uh, for example, this is a very good practice that I did in the past, trying to copy things from the reality. Like, I don't know, this the, the same word in English is a bodegon. When you put uh, the nature, for example, mm -hmm. a glass, a bottle or something. Mm -hmm. Still life. Yes, yeah, still life. When you put it on in front of you and uh -huh. you start trying to replicate it on your on your canvas or on your yes. drawing paper. Still life, yeah. Yeah, when you uh, when you start with uh, death, uh, nature, like uh, uh -huh. I don't know, uh -huh. like a bottle, uh, an apple, or something, and you yep. start recognizing the relationship between the forms, uh, the, what happening with the depth of field. What happening with the proportions? What happening with the how many lines you can see on the scene? Which of mm -hmm. them are parallel, perpendicular? So things like this. So your brain should start uh, thinking about that, and should start recognizing that before it start drawing something recognizable. So mm. that, that's kind the of, um, it's like kind of breaking the hypnosis of reality and starting to look at the like the the actual patterns of how something's visually made does that make sense yeah yeah because i like yeah. to tell people the students right like you only draw what you know you don't draw what you see because what we see it you know there's a whole biology of seeing that's different and our eye is not a camera it's just our brain makes all yeah. of this stuff yeah. up and it's yeah. got all these crazy ideas yeah, but but I say that's the most important thing to start training your brain behind your eyes to recognize what is happening in front of mm, you. For example, great. when the people are talking about to, uh, asking about me, it is necessary to start a studying anatomy, for example, because it's a very workhorse. We're talking about art and anatomy. So yeah. you, should it. I start studying anatomy before sculpting? Yeah, it could be good, but it is not going to be necessary. You are going to be able to recognize what is happening in front of you. It's just a matter of translate what you are watching to your sculpting. Mm. If you don't understand what you are watching, you are not going to be able to sculpt anything right. well. So start training your eyes and training your brain. So and then from that point, if you want to know more about what's happening with anatomy in terms of uh, when you're flexing an arm or something, what is happening with the muscles, you kind of start studying anatomy. But now I start observing things well. And when you're uh, making something, uh, try to train your brain to recognize what is wrong. Right. If you find that quickly, you're going to start improving quickly. But yeah. you are still watching the, the model and you are watching what you are doing and you are not able to recognize what is not working. So you should spend more time training your training your brain. Mm. All right, my so, friend, I know you have to run real quick. So I just got a couple more questions. Um, you know, the big one that I like to ask everybody is what's your recommendation for people who are starting out? Like um, if you're starting out now and you want to be a digital sculptor, um, you know, any thoughts, tips on where they should educate themselves or how they should educate themselves or what they should start doing right away? Oh, hard to say. <laughs> I know. So one of the things <laughs> I like to do is like, just pick one thing. So if there's like one thing that you think really makes a difference in your life, you can just tell us that. As I said before, try to start thinking about a different thing. 
try to start making things from a another niche. point of view. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Be. For example, one one person asked me, I think one week or one stream ago, and for example, you think about uh, you like to make superheroes, for example, you love it, or you're gonna try to make your characters, and then instead of start copying what the people are just already doing, because you have um, a canon of uh, the what is Marvel kind of superhero, so as to in forget that information and as to go to the traditional sculptors from the past. From the you tell them before I don't know how to pronounce it to the Renaissance and start try to apply the kind of superhero you have in mind with the, that kind of a style. For example, to start making something different, mm -hmm. to start creating different poses, different styles, different kind of bodies. For example, so you are going to be able to pose that kind of work. You are going to still making what you want making superhero but with another way of doing them so maybe with that you can start making a new style or something that could attract to your future clients i know awesome it's not it's not necessary you just find in a specific industry so it's just to try to make what you want but with another language that's it add your spin to it yeah could be all right, my friend. Nacho, thank you so much for being here and for sharing uh, your wisdom and, and all that. I really appreciate you and, <laughs> and your streams. And uh, thanks for making that death dealer because that thing, I would buy that. Yeah, no, really. Thanks to you. I really appreciate that you called me to make this uh, podcast and I hope has been useful for the people who are listening. All right, guys. Well, you know, uh, read the instructions down below. You're going to get uh, a link to all of Nacho's um, uh our station instagram all that kind of stuff will go from there so, perfect thank you all right take care my friend bye take care bye all right bye all right thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this and i want to ask just two things of you number one make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on apple uh, stitcher spotify really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do number two make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.